Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Do you ever feel like you're not ready for what's coming next? This time of year, I think everyone feels a little frazzled. You still have to stop, you still have to shop for so and so. You still have to get to this Christmas gathering or that. You still have to, well, the list goes on and on. And chances are you forgot to put that one thing on the list that's going to come back to haunt you in the very near future. Or perhaps the students among us are feeling unprepared for different reasons. How many of you wish you could, would have started studying for that, for that one final exam months ago? Or how many of you have put off that final paper and, or project that's been on your syllabus since the very beginning of the semester, but you're just now getting around to it? I guess what I'm asking is, do you ever feel unprepared? Unprepared for the next phase of your life. Unprepared for the next major project. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> but sometimes we, we, feel, we feel unprepared for what's coming next, the next major project. Unprepared for, well, you know what you're unprepared for. Advent is actually a season about getting prepared. It's about getting prepared for the most important thing that will ever happen to any of us. It's about getting prepared to meet Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is a major thing because on the last day, Jesus, when he arrives at the trumpet blast, will be separating those who are prepared to meet him from those who are not. He will be judging the living and the dead as we just confessed on the day that he returns. Is this something that you feel prepared for? How do you even get prepared to meet Jesus? During the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region of the Jordan, proclaiming, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall be made low and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John the Baptist's job was to prepare people to meet the one whom he would later call the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was to prepare them to meet, as Isaiah says, the salvation of God. 
He was to prepare the people to see the salvation of God face to face in their own flesh, with their own eyes. He was preparing the people to meet Jesus in the waters of baptism for the repentance and forgiveness of sins. You see, Jesus was coming to save the people. But in order to be saved, they needed to be prepared. You might be thinking, well, how in the world does someone prepare to be saved? Well, I was going to make a joke. I won't. (laughs) Let's look at how John prepared the people to receive the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Here's some highlights from his sermon that he was preaching. John said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to raise up from these stones children of Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What shall we do? The first thing that John did to prepare the people does not seem very politically correct. The first thing he calls them is children of serpents. That's a brood of vipers. In other words, he called them children of Satan, objects of God's wrath. Now that sounds harsh. But St. Paul lets us know that we were all enemies of God and objects of his wrath as well. God's righteous judgment, it condemns us all. All are guilty. No one is righteous, not even one. It doesn't matter what church we go to. It doesn't matter whose blood flows through our veins. We are all sinners. And we deserve nothing but punishment right now and punishment for eternity. Each and every person since Adam and Eve, including me, including any pastor, everybody, deserves nothing but temporal and eternal punishment, separation from God for eternity in hell. John makes this very clear. And this obviously scares the people. Why? They believe. They believe that judgment. And they say, what shall we do? John answered them in a way that points them back to the Ten Commandments, which no one has ever kept. And he said to them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. Whoever has food is to do likewise. In other words, he was saying, We should fear and love God so that we don't hurt or harm our neighbor in their body, but help and support them in every physical need. 
And to the tax collectors, John said, collect no more than you're authorized to. And to the soldiers, John declared, don't extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations. Be content with your wages. In other words, he was saying we should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his own possessions and income. We should not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or get it in a way that only appears right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. John considered the people's place in life according to the Ten Commandments, and then he revealed to them their sin. You see, only when we understand our sin do we understand a need for a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of those sins. Only when we understand the consequences of sin and our own inability to pay it back are we ready to meet the salvation of the Lord. Anyone that was proud, John brought low with the law of God. And anyone who was already crawling in the dirt because they knew how great their sin was, John delivered a baptism that brought them up to level ground with forgiveness. Now I want you to notice something. We started out this sermon asking, do you ever feel unprepared? Do you feel prepared more specifically to meet Jesus? But did you notice something about our text? It wasn't the people putting on the best suits. It wasn't people getting themselves all cleaned up and ready to go for their, their baptism. No. It was God's word. Both his law and his gospel spoken by his servant John that made all of the preparations. The way we prepare to meet God is different than any other areas in our lives. In every area of your life, it's all up to you, right? If you don't do the research, you will not be prepared to write the paper. If you do not go do the shopping, you will not be prepared to give gifts on Christmas morning. If you don't set aside money now, you will not be prepared for retirement. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. But here, the people were completely caught off guard. The sin of God's people had once again led them to exile and by no means were they ready to meet their salvation. Instead of owning up to their sin, they were proud of their bloodline. This is something that John cuts to the heart of. 
You might be proud to be a Lutheran. Being a Lutheran won't save you. Only Christ saves. The people were totally unprepared. But God sent forth his word, spoken by John, to prepare the way of the Lord. He sent John to bring the word that would prepare the people to meet salvation. God's word does it all. God's word convicts you of our sin. In fact, it reveals your sin to you. And God's word washes you in the blood of the Lamb. God's word lets you know that you are starving. And God's word delivers the bread from heaven in, with, and under the bread and wine. God's word brings you the realization that you are a sinner who deserves punishment. And then God's word, God's word made flesh says, I forgive you all your sins. St. Paul puts it this way in our epistle reading. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, began the good work of faith in you. And he will bring it to completion. We need only to submit to God's word of truth that shows our sin and reveals our Savior. Now in Luke 7, if you were to skip ahead a couple chapters, we see that not all people submitted to God's work of preparation. For the word says in Luke 7, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not, not having been baptized by him. God's will for them that is that they would receive forgiveness. They wouldn't submit. They went against God's will for their lives, rejecting that gift. They did not receive the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, because they rejected God's word that pointed out their sin. They tried to say that they were just fine the way they were. They tried to say that their sin wasn't sin. They tried to say that they were holy because deep down inside they were good people. Well, God's word showed them otherwise. But they just got angry. And they walked away. And later as God's word continued to confront them in the person of Jesus. They rose up against God's word in the flesh. And they hung him on a cross. I pray that we do not reject the purpose of God for our lives. I pray that we continually submit to his work in our lives. Through both his law and his gospel. The work that shows us where we need our Savior each and every day. I pray that we don't run away from God's work of preparation. 
but rather allow him to take our dirty garments of sin and replace them with the cloak of Christ that we first received in our baptism. We want to be like infants who rely on their parents to change them from soiled linens so that fresh, clean clothing can be placed upon them. An infant does absolutely nothing to prepare themselves for anything. And yet his father and mother prepares him with all that he needs. And so it is with our Heavenly Father. If you continually submit to God's word as it uncovers your sin, your shame, and submit as he clothes you in his salvation, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as have put on Christ have become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. If you, can, you may not think that you are ready to meet Jesus. And in fact, if you look at Matthew 25, the people that are going into heaven, they tried to talk themselves out of heaven. They said, we never did anything good. The only good they saw was the good that Jesus did for them. So you may not think that you are ready. But the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that by his word and sacrament, he has prepared you where you were unable to prepare for yourself. Thanks be to God that the final day will not be like finals week here at Purdue. No, it will be more like your baptismal day where God made you his own. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.